الحمد للہ الحمد للہ وقفاتین وسلم او کما قال نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم but it is something that we need to keep reflecting on keep checking within ourselves that whatever was discussed whatever was heard before what was spoken of before how much of this has started coming into our system into our life how much we have started practicing on it how much of a change has it made in our manner and way in the way we handle situations in the way we react to things and because this is something that is it's very deep in the in the extent of its effect on a person's iman on a person's consequences to his own personal self to his family to people around him therefore this is something that requires very deep reflection requires that we keep reminding ourselves of these lessons and then keep checking how much we have started bringing it into our lives in this ayat of the quran sharif allah taala says sabiqu ila maghfiratin mir rabbikum wa jannatin arduha as-samawati wal ard that hasten compete with one another in rushing forward towards that jannat hasten towards the jannat the breadth of which is the span and the extent between the heavens and the earth now this is what is something to aspire for something to hasten towards in this allah taala is giving us the lesson that dunya is not something to hasten towards dunya is not something to race to it is not something to compete for we haven't and you will never find anywhere in the lives of the sahaba ikram that one sahabi was trying to acquire something because somebody else had already got it somebody had something which was apparently very good or some comfort or some luxury so because somebody now got something luxurious so now i also have to have the same so some sahabi now was trying to match the next person you will never find that anywhere in fact the standard that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam set for the sahaba that is something way beyond what we can even imagine a well known incidents one person built a little bit 
more fancy house may call it compared to what the norm was and Nabi Wasallam just expressed his displeasure in a very subtle way didn't even directly say anything just in a subtle way he didn't reply to the person salam and thus the person understood that this an issue here and he went and demolished it now this was the standard that was set by Nabi Wasallam. but the lesson in this was these are not things to raise towards. Somebody, Nabi Salaam passed by and he and his mother were now just raising the wall which had somewhat become weak in the rain, mud walls. So Nabi Salaam asked him what you're doing. He says, no, we're just making this a little bit more firm and solid. So he says that the akhirat is near than the wall collapsing. So the attention was repeatedly drawn towards akhirat person did something apparently where he felt good about his dunya <coughs> Nabi Islam turned his attention to akhirat. After one battle, one sahabi comes to Nabi Islam that the booty, the spoils of war after it was distributed so now when the spoils of war are distributed whatever comes in somebody's share that's what he gets. Now somebody will end up with something which he perhaps has no need of and somebody else has got something which that person may not need. So the common thing that used to happen was, then people would start bartering some things, buying and selling some things. So this was something that used to happen. One sahabi comes to Nabi Wasallam and he says to him, that today after the spoils of war, after the booty was distributed, and everybody was buying and selling, and I also was buying and selling, but today nobody earned more profit than I did. Now this was some kind of expression of happiness over dunya. Some achievement of dunya. So when he said that nobody earned more profit than what I did, Nabi Islam said immediately to him, should I tell you something better? So he said, yes, please. He says, two rakats after the farz. The two rakats after the farz is better than all the profit you could have earned. So wherever there was this type of situation where somebody had expressed some kind of achievement of some sort or aspiration of some sort or inclination of some sort towards dunya, Nabi Islam turned their attention to akhirat. That dunya, whatever is meant to come, will come. Make a moderate effort, ajmilu fit talab. Make a moderate effort and resign the matter to Allah Ta'ala. But don't make it the purpose and the object. Don't make it something that you now hanker after. What is meant to be hastened towards, what you have to rush towards, that's akhirat. Sabiqu ila maghfiratim min rabbikum. That hasten towards the maghfirat and the forgiveness of your Rabb. Wa jannatin and jannat, the expanse of which is the heavens and the distance between the heavens and the earth. So whenever there was something about dunya came in the picture, Nabi Islam turned their attention to Akhirat. And in this ayat also, Allah Ta'ala is turning our attention to Akhirat. Now this Jannat is something which every person, every mu'min, it is there in his heart and I want to get to Jannat. Because that's the ultimate for us. The dunya everybody knows is not going to live here forever. Nobody makes a claim also, the worst atheist also doesn't make a claim that he's going to live here forever. Everybody knows you're going to move on. After death, 
There's a lot of differences. Some believe that that's the end all. Be all and end all. That's it. It becomes sand. Which is obviously complete batil. The reality is that life only really starts at that point. The everlasting life starts. So then where to? Every person wants to get to Jannat. But how are we going to get to this Jannat? So in this particular ayat, Allah Ta'ala is giving us some direction. Number one, That this Jannat is prepared for who? For the friends of Allah Ta'ala. Because the muttaqeen in awliya'uhu illa al-muttaqoon. The only people who are the friends of Allah Ta'ala in awliya'uhu illa al-muttaqoon. This construction indicates that this is confined. It's something specific. What in Arabic is termed as hasr. It is exclusive. That in awliya'uhu illa al-muttaqoon. The friends of Allah Ta'ala are only the muttaqoon. Only the people of taqwa. Without taqwa, the friendship of Allah Ta'ala is not available. Allah Ta'ala is extending the hand of friendship to those who have taqwa. So in any case, this jannat is also for muttaqeen. For the friends of Allah Ta'ala. But now when a person is a friend of Allah Ta'ala, the friends of Allah Ta'ala have various qualities in them. They are people of values. Unfortunately, in the zamana and time that we live in, the only value we know is of material things. But real values, real values are what are inside. The example that we repeatedly give, and which is something very easy to understand, especially for young people. Normally the thing is that if you want to give an example, that is easily understood, either talk about food, or talk about marriage. Then this is very easily understood. Anything else becomes a little bit complicated. So a person got married to somebody who was, you know, for years he was trying to convince the father-in-law to be, that look, please I want to get married to your daughter, and after a very long battle, finally, this nikah took place. All the aspirations he's got and all the dreams that he was building up and now she's come with all the wealth and outstanding beauty and everything. But now in the first meeting she still talks to him in a very abrupt way. So this is already something that will shock him. But now he might just keep quiet that maybe she got shocked also. Allah knows that what she saw in him <laughs> but then as the time passes she's becoming even more abrupt more harsh in the way that she's talking to him then she becomes vulgar what happens to him all those dreams of his just fizzle away and if this continues if he first thinks okay just give it some time but after one two days this is all just getting worse now that Beauty is still there. Nothing has changed. In one day's time, nothing has changed. All that wealth and everything else is still there. But after one, two days, it becomes an azab for him to be there. And if he has tolerated it past the two, three days, that too will be a miracle. Now what has happened? What has changed? What has happened is that the ugliness of the inside became apparent. 
the external beauty all will just fade into insignificance. Because inside there were no values. There was material value, there was all the wealth, and there was external value. The apparent beauty, etc. But if there isn't beauty inside, the beauty of akhlaq, there isn't the adornment with the pearls of haya, there aren't the gold and silver of simplicity, of the values of iman, of kindness, of compassion, of forgiveness, of overlooking the next person's fault, of being very eager to make khidmat. So now when these values are missing inside, all these external things just fade into insignificance. It makes no difference. person is not interested in it. He wants to run away from there. And if these external things are not there, there isn't that wealth that is above average, or just the basics are there, and he's basically comfortable, but there's that internal beauty that will compensate for all that is not available outside. The real values are what are inside. Unfortunately, nowadays, all the attention is on material value. All the attention is on external value. What kind of phone I got? What kind of car I'm driving? What kind of designer clothes I'm wearing? What kind of designer watch I have? And what kind of shoes I wear? And all the whole attention has become on the external things. And if these are the things I possess, then I'm somebody. But this doesn't make us somebody. This makes us nothing. Because all these things, when the real thing comes, as the example of that artificial fruit and the real fruit, when the time comes to eat, you want the real fruit. To look at it for a little while, that artificial fruit might look better. That artificial fruit might look better than the real thing. So to admire it for a little while is alright. But how long? After one minute you're tired of looking at it. But now the time comes to eat, you can't eat that. So likewise, all these artificial values, for one minute to look at it is fine. Person will look at it, somebody might get impressed with it a little bit too. And somebody to impress the person further now will spin one, two wheels. After that what? After spinning those wheels, where has taken us? Has it increased our value in any way? But all these are the attention-seeking devices of those who lack inner value. When a person lacks inner value, so now he tries to compensate for that with artificial things externally. But these artificial things cannot give any real worth to anything because when the time comes for somebody to interact with the person, the time comes for him to be married and living with his wife now. The time comes for him to be interacting with his own parents. The time comes for, to, for him to be living as a person in his own household. To interact with friends. To be living as a good neighbor. Now that designer labels are not going to count. Now that what kind of phone the person has, that's not going to make any difference. What's going to make difference, a difference now is what is inside him. Because now all these artificial things will be by the wayside. Nobody's going to pay attention to that. They're going to pay attention to what kind of person this is. What akhlaq he has. How humble is he? How generous he may be? What kind of inner values he has? That is the real value. So for a short while, we might get happy also with the external things. And others might sometimes 
people who also lack in inner values, they too will get impressed with our artificial things. Then it's all over. Then after that wheels have been spun, the smoke has all risen, everybody's gone home, and then what? So the real thing is to acquire is what is inside. And that is what the Anbiya Ali have brought. That is what Nabi Islam came and gave us. The aspect of akhlaq. The aspect of the inner things in life. So this is what we have to make an effort for. These things don't come just as these material, artificial things don't come without an effort. What about the real things? These real things also require an effort. And the effort in this regard is that a person makes an effort by being in the right company, by being in the right environments, taking the knowledge of deen from the right people, making an effort by going out in the path of Allah Ta'ala and building up the values of Iman, being in the environment of the masjid, participating in the talim that takes place in the masjid and the other programs of deen, being in the company of the pious. This in time, and it's a process, it's not something that will happen in one day. It's not something that will happen at the press of any button. There's no buttons that can be pressed to just get it done. By linking and aligning ourselves with somebody who we can take guidance from, who we feel comfortable with, we feel compatible with, and to take that guidance and direction step for step and move ahead, then we will learn how to correct this inner side how to acquire those values. Otherwise, these material things will capture a person's heart and mind, and this will become the be-all and end-all of life. And if somebody has a better phone, then he will now be worried about how he's going to outdo that person. Somebody has got a different kind of car, so now how he can have the same kind of rooms. And somebody has got some other designer label, so how he can also have the same. Whole life will carry on like that. And before a person knows it, then all those designer labels and all that expensive shoes and designer shoes, everything that he was after, the external things, will all be put aside. He'll be dressed in his kafan and he'll be buried in the ground. Life will be over. Now he will have to leave with his iman and what is inside. His values inside. But if inside is empty, it's too late now. So this is the thing to now work towards. And this is what Allah Ta'ala is giving us in this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif also. That rush towards the Jannat. But Jannat is for the friends of Allah Ta'ala. And the friends of Allah Ta'ala, the muttaqoon, are people who have values. Now, there are many, many values, but in this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala highlights certain things. Now, the month of Ramadan is the month of this taqwa. This is a month that Allah Ta'ala has given us specifically to acquire this friendship of Allah Ta'ala. To become his friends. And now there's so many things in taqwa. Allah Ta'ala is highlighting these specific aspects. Because the list is long. So when you have to say some things, then you will normally say that which are the most important things. And then the rest will follow. So Allah Ta'ala is highlighting. And among the highlights are, الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ فِي السَّرَّاءِ وَالضَّرَّاءِ First thing Allah Ta'ala speaks about. That the muttaqeen, the friends of Allah Ta'ala, those who have these values, this one highlight in their lives are that they spend in ease and in adversity. They spend in the path of Allah Ta'ala 
on the poor, on the needy, on the destitute. They don't live for themselves. The various incidents that we read in the Fazail Amal, in the Talim that we listen to, the person is on his last moments in the battlefield and parts with thirst. And the water is being presented to him, but then there's somebody groaning next to him. So he says, no, you take the water to him. And then that person says, no, you take it to the next person. And then finally, when the last person, the water is taken to him, the sixth or the seventh person, he's already passed away. And now he returns to the fifth, fourth, third, everyone has passed away. They gave their lives considering the next person. Now this is values. Person receives that gift of the goat head, and then somebody else, he thinks of, this person is more in need, so it goes to the second person, and the third person, and finally the seventh person, he thinks of this person first who came, who started it off. The first person, he's probably in need, let me give it back to him. Now these were the examples that were set of how they lived for others first. They considered others first. So this is Allah Ta'ala highlighting this quality of the muttaqeen that alladheena yunfiquuna fi sarra wa darra They spend in ease and in adversity. Somebody will spend according to his capacity, another person according to his capacity. Allah Ta'ala looks at what is the heart with which it was given. When Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam asked for some contributions at the time of one battle, so somebody brought a good significant amount. So the munafiqeen were there. And the munafiqeen now, that was their job, to now keep disturbing the believers and pass comments. So somebody passed a comment, this person is just showing off. Another person came, he came with just a handful of dates. Now there's a contribution being asked towards going in jihad. And there will be so many requirements for that. person comes with some dates and he puts it there. So the munafiqeen say, Inna Allah laghaniyun an hadha. Allah Ta'ala doesn't need this person's contribution. There's few dates. What these few dates are going to do? He's coming with these few dates. But, the ayat of the Quran Sharif was then revealed. Allah Ta'ala, wa ta'ala this is not the issue of what a person gave and how much he gave. It is what he gave it with, what heart he gave it. What was the sincerity in it? So when a person is giving with a sincere heart, Allah Ta'ala accepts that. And sometimes, that sincerity which is in a small thing, that can sometimes not be matched in the sincerity of a big quantity. Because <coughs> in giving a few dates, who is going to have any kind of niyat of showing involved in it, any riyah involved in it. But nevertheless, this aspect of sadaqah, regularly giving sadaqah, and this is not something that's only for somebody who has well, my father will give sadaqah, so I don't have to worry about it. From our spending, for example, somebody is in school, whatever else, he's still not earning his own money, and he gets some allowance from his parents. But to learn and to start giving some sadaqah, something, some amount, it might be even just 5% of the amount, lesser than that also. But regularly, some sadaqah. Sadaqah opens many doors. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, As-sadaqatu tutfi'u ghadabar rab. Sadaqah extinguishes the anger of Allah Ta'ala. Meaning it becomes a protection from azab. 
And it saves a person from a bad death. This is a protection from azab. So some sadaqa. And sometimes we hear many things happening in different parts of the world. The atrocities against our Muslim brothers and sisters. The hardships that they are facing. The calamities that are coming upon them. Unfortunately, we sometimes don't even remember to make dua for them. They don't want anything else. Dua is something to make for them. Together with dua, sometimes to give sadaqah on their behalf. Some sadaqah on their behalf. This is on behalf of these particular people who are being oppressed in this way. Of these people who are being, these calamities are being meted upon them. That sadaqah will become a means of benefit to them. So that near sadaqah on their behalf. So in any case, this is the first lesson Allah Ta'ala is giving us in this. The highlight of the muttaqeen, that those who spend in ease and in adversity. Then the very important value, this inner value, this inner strength, this is the real strength. One is a person, mashallah, he does a lot of training, bodybuilding, and he is physically very fit. So being physically fit is also, mashallah, a good thing. That too is something required, that is something noteworthy, something of merit. But the real strength is the inner strength. If a person is physically very fit, but he doesn't have the inner strength, then this external strength, this is of no, no real value. Allah Ta'ala speaks about this inner strength, that وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْزِ That who are these muttaqeen, these friends of Allah Ta'ala? They are those who suppress their anger. وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْزِ They suppress their anger. If there is some discussion on this, perhaps daily also, that too perhaps might not be enough. If there is a discussion on suppressing anger once a day, maybe a daily dose, Maybe the daily dose might not be sometimes sufficient. That might have to be three times a day. Like many medications, tablets, etc. So the medication, the, the dosage is every eight hours. So for many of us, the dose lasts, lasts sometimes maybe six hours, seven hours. By the eighth hour, it's already run out. Or if it lasts, then one day, two days, and then it's gone. So this is something extremely important. And Allah Ta'ala is highlighting this. That those who suppress their anger. Allah Ta'ala doesn't say That those who annihilate that anger, it never comes. That is not possible. Insan is insan. It's human nature, he'll get angry. But Allah Ta'ala says Actually, the leather bag when it's filled with water now, they fill it with water. So now to keep that water in, it's tied at the top with some string or whatever it is. It's a leather bag, so it needs to be tied. So now the tying of that bag, that is what's calm all about. So what is the lesson being given is that that anger will well up. Because you're insan. It's a natural human emotion. But when it wells up, tie it up on the top. Don't let it come out. Because when it comes out, Sometimes it comes out through the mouth in all kinds of flowery language. Person becomes vulgar, 
person doesn't think about where he is, who he's speaking to, whether he's speaking to his own parents, he's speaking to his grandparents, or he's speaking to some senior of the community, or he's speaking to some old person who spent his whole life in perhaps the khidmat of deen, or who, where he is, sometimes Allah forbid he's in the house of Allah Ta'ala. When this anger comes, it just becomes a fire that makes a person oblivious of everything else. When it comes and it's not tied out, it's not suppressed, and it starts flowing through his hands, he becomes violent. It starts flowing in his heart, he starts harboring malice. So this is a major disease, and it creates havoc. In that foot of anger, the person gives three talaq, now he's alienated his wife forever. Now he's running around to try and find somebody to tell him, no, this is fine. You gave the three in one go, so it's one. Now the person is living in haram and sin. Now all this is as a result of that uncontrolled anger. And this is something to make part of that daily muraqaba. That a person sits down and thinks about his own weaknesses. Thinks about his faults. Thinks about his disobedience to Allah Ta'ala. How many sins that he has committed. And then think about it, that if Allah Ta'ala had to display his anger over me, what would be my end result? How I'll finish off. I want Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness, then I must forgive also. And I must suppress that anger. There is one incident of one pious person in Deoban. He had passed away. After he passed away, somebody saw him in a dream. Now these dreams are not any shari'i proof. Every time we talk about a dream, we have to repeat this. Because some people just fly off the cuff then. That now this is all gone into a dream world. So this is not any shari'i proof, but it is something that can be used as a lesson. If it is provided, it is not something against, giving something against deen. So in any case, somebody saw him in a dream, and they asked him, how did things go, what happened? So he said, Allah Ta'ala forgave me. What was the basis on which you got forgiven? He says, I came home one day very tired, very hungry, and now in this very hungry state, very tired, I was now looking forward to eating, and my wife presented the food. And she somehow, by mistake, she loaded the salt in. Now it was very salty, very bitter to eat. It's very difficult to eat it. And he says now, in a hungry state, tired, I obviously became very angry. But at that time, I just suppressed that anger. That after all, she is also the servant of Allah Ta'ala. She made a mistake, and I quietly ate it up. Now that must have been a major battle within himself. Can't have been an easy thing. But he says that, on account of this, I got forgiven. That you forgave our servant, today we are forgiving you. Now, what Allah Ta'ala may accept, that is sometimes beyond our comprehension, that why something in particular got accepted, but very often it is these, when a person battles with these emotions, and he learns to suppress these emotions, that is what brings that real closeness to Allah Ta'ala, and that gets accepted. So Allah Ta'ala says about this, that those who suppress this anger, all the ahadis that we have been discussing previously, 
about anger, how dangerous this anger is, it spoils the iman, just as this very bitter substance, sabir, spoils honey. Just as that whole honey becomes bitter, the sweetness is gone. So the whole sweetness of life is gone then, the sweetness of iman is gone, as a result of this anger. Ustad Azat Abdul Hamid Sahib, Dawn Barakatuhum, once mentioned one incident that happened in one of the neighboring countries. One person had bought a new car, and he brought the car and he parked it outside. Now he's still in that high about the new car he just bought. So he probably left it outside so that everybody will have a good look. And now he came inside the house, and his child of 3-4 years old, he happened to be playing around outside. He sees this car, and it happened at that time he had some sharp object in his hand, a nail or something. Now this car is there, and he was probably somebody who was practicing how to write with chalk all the time, now he had a nail. So he decided to practice on the car. Now he had a good chance to now go through the, almost the whole half the car, or the whole car, and he scratched it all over the place. And at that moment the father came out. Now this dunya, if this dunya is in the hand, and something happens to it, then too a person will get upset. It's human nature, something happens to it, he might feel hurt, he might feel some emotion about it, but it will stay within a certain limit. The natural emotion, that's human nature, he'll feel some sense of loss, he'll feel some pain also. But if he is in the heart, then it will go on another level. Then it will become something that can become very dangerous. Now this person, Allah forbid, whatever the position was, but when he came out and he saw these scratches on that car, new car, and this child is busy still scratching this car, in that fit of rage, in that anger, he came and grabbed the child, and that same sharp object that was being used by the child, that nail, which was a rusty nail, he took that and he started scratching the hand of the child. And now in that fit of anger, he scratched it quite deep, started bleeding, whatever. So in any case then, his anger cooled down, they attended to the child, but that rusty nail had already left its effect. After some time they realized that the thing has gone septic. Sometime later, they tried doing whatever they could, but eventually everything failed, and the doctors said that they have to amputate this hand. So now that hand was amputated. Now after that hand was amputated, now this father comes to visit the child in the hospital. Now the child is about of an understanding age, but he is not big enough to understand everything yet. So now all he knows is he is being punished for having scratched his father's car. So that's why his hand is gone. So now when the father comes to visit him, he says to him that please give my hand back, I won't scratch your car again. But is that hand going to come back? Now in that foot of anger, what, what can happen? And what not is done? An irreversible damage. But the damage is done. Now we cry over it. So this is the thing to learn to suppress that anger. Like the aspect we discussed one of the days after Asar, that in that anger we say things. Those things hurt. And then we say, no, okay, I retract my words. I take my words back. So have we seen anybody managing to take the words back? Now he gave the words, so it came back. 
he put it back in his mouth. Is that possible? Is that ever something that can happen? Yes, we can apologize, and we should. But we can't take the words back. That has left its mark. The person too will forgive, but the dent on his heart will remain. It will take a long time before that heals. So all this happens as a result of that anger. So Allah Ta'ala says that these muttaqeen wal kaazimeen al ghaiz and then wal aafina anin nas. These muttaqeen, the third highlight in their life and the inner value that they have is wal aafina anin nas. They forgive people. They forgive. If there is something that is recoverable, some monetary right, some material value of something that is owed to somebody, he's entitled to claim it in a proper manner within the limits of shariat. He's entitled to claim it. He's not obliged to overlook that. He is owed something, he can claim it. If the person is not paying, he can take the matter to the Qazi. The Qazi will assist him to get it. But apart from that kind of situation, they too a person has the heart, that's mashallah something, what can one say about it? But there are many times that there is nothing to recover. Somebody blurted out something by mistake, somebody did something, somebody went out of line in something which became a source of some pain and hurt. So we are human, we will get hurt, we will feel the pain. But then how long are we going to carry this baggage and walk around? How long are we going to keep this weight on our heads? Because all this is baggage. Somebody said something, there's one bag. Somebody said something else, there's another bag. And somebody said a third thing, there's a third bag. Now who's getting crushed under the weight of all this baggage? Not the people who said it, they're going around with their lives. The person, person getting crushed under this weight is ourselves. So this is what Nabi Wasallam in that hadith says, that the person who suppresses his anger, Allah Ta'ala fills his heart with peace and iman. Now he suppressed that anger, and he forgave it. Because there's two separate things here. One is suppressing the anger. But if a person suppresses that anger, and just bottles it, he doesn't forgive it. He suppressed the anger, but he bottled it. This will start breeding malice. Because he's still keeping inside. Okay, he didn't say anything, he didn't do anything. Mashallah, that is good. But now he's still harboring it. This will start breeding malice. It'll start breeding ill feelings. Now he couldn't say anything or didn't say anything, but he'll now be wishing, I hope something happens to this person. I was going home, I hope, now Zubillah, it's accident. Can we imagine now where it takes a person? The issue that happened was an apparently minor thing. Now he's wishing somebody must be in an accident. He's wishing somebody's business fails. He's wishing somebody must, some calamity must come on him. So one is suppressing the anger and then letting it fizzle out and passing it on to the akhirat in the form of forgiveness. So now the person has banked it, he's put it to his benefit. Somebody else is wrong, he put it to his benefit, he banked it in the akhirat. Those who forgive people. And there are so many incidents, time is already up. So many incidents in the lives of, life of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Sahaba Ikram, the Ahlullah, how they forgave, how they overlooked, what type of heart they had, and they didn't keep these things in their hearts. So Allah Ta'ala says, وَالْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ and وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ On top of that, 
Allah Ta'ala loves those who then make ihsan on top of that. They suppress the anger, they forgive. On top of that, they then go and do a good turn to the person. Silman qata'ak wa'afu amman zalamak wa'ahsin ila man asailik. They give good treatment to those who treated them badly. So these are the muttaqeen. These are the people who Allah Ta'ala says are my friends, who have these qualities in their lives. Obviously the muttaqi cannot be a muttaqi without salah, without staying away from sin, without all the other fundamentals of deen. But these are the highlights with that. And these are the things that we have to very deeply look at. We have to ponder over, meditate over, think about it, see what is in our life, what is in our hearts. And make an effort to try and acquire these things in the manner that we describe. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Recite the Rujarif. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 
محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم دل میرا ہو جائے ایک میدان تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو غیر سے بالکل ہی اٹھ جائے نظر تو ہی تو آئے نظر دیکھو جدر اور میرے تن میں بجائے آبوگل درد دل ہو درد دل ہو درد دل نفس و شیتا دونوں نے مل کر ہائی کیا ہے مجھ کو تباہ اے میرے مولا میری مدد کر چاہتا ہوں میں تیری پناہ مجھ سا خلق میں کوئی نہیں گو بد کردار ناما سیاہ تو بھی مگر غفار ہے یا رب بخش دے میرے سارے گناہ اب تو رہے بس تادم آخر ورد زبائے میرے الہ لا الہ الا اللہ 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 محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہ اللہ جل جلاله عم نواله اللہ 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 
ربنا <تصفيق> ولمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا اله الا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسالك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمه من كل بر والسلامه من كل اثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذما الا غفرته ولا هما الا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أكرم الأكرمين يا راحم المساكين يا أرحم الراحمين ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا لدابا ولا مفتونين اللهم ثبتنا على الايمان وامتنا على الايمان واحشرنا يوم القيامه مع الايمان ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد اذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمه انك انت الوهاب ربنا انك جامع الناس اليوم لا ريب فيه ان الله لا يخلف الميعاد اللهم انا نسالك العفو والعافيه والمعافاه الدائمه في الدين والدنيا والاخره والفوز بالجنه والنجاه من النار والفوز بالجنه والنجاه من النار والفوز بالجنه والنجاه من النار اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها انت خير من زكاها وزكها انت خير من زكاها انت وليها ومولاها اللهم اهدنا لاحسن الاخلاق لا يهدي لاحسنها الا انت واصرف عنا سيئها لا يصرف عنا سيئها الا انت 
Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Oh, most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. You have been so tolerant on us, Ya Allah. Allah, you have been so kind, Ya Allah. You have been so merciful, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you have been seeing us, Ya Allah, blatantly sinning, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we have used all your ni'mas to break all your commands, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the eyes you blessed us with, Ya Allah. How many commands we have broken with it, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the ears you have, you have blessed us with, how many wrong things we have heard, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the tongue that, what a great ni'mat you blessed us with, Ya Allah. How many evils we have spoken, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all the ghibat we have made, Ya Allah. All the lies that have been spoken, Ya Allah. All the obscene and vulgar talk that has taken place, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All the fitful that was watched, Ya Allah. All the music that has been listened to, Ya Allah. All the ghibat that was listened to, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, these feet, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, how many wrong places these feet we have taken to walk with, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, these hands, how many evil things have been held with it, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, this heart, Ya Allah. What a ni'mat you have blessed us with, Ya Allah. Allah, we made it the flushing system of the world, Ya Allah. Allah, all the filth of the world be brought it in our hearts, Ya Allah. Allah, all the great crimes you have committed, Ya Allah. Allah, but you are most merciful, Ya Allah. Allah, despite the sins of our eyes, you didn't make us blind yet, Ya Allah. Allah, despite the sins of our ears, you didn't make us deaf yet, Ya Allah. Allah, despite the sins of our tongue, you still didn't make us dumb, Ya Allah. Allah, you didn't snatch away our tongues, Ya Allah. Allah, you didn't paralyze our hands yet, Ya Allah. Allah, you didn't paralyze our feet yet, Ya Allah. Allah, all this is purely your grace, Ya Allah. This is purely your mercy, Ya Allah. Allah, we are acknowledging your mercy, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are begging forgiveness today, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we deeply regret all the sins we have committed, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are ashamed of it, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are begging your forgiveness, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive all of our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive the sins of our families, Ya Allah. Forgive our friends and relatives, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, forgive the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive the ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, forgive the Ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, you blow the winds of Hidayat, Ya Allah. Allah, you grant Hidayat to one and all, Ya Allah. Allah, grant Hidayat to one and all, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. You grant us Kamil and total Hidayat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, remove the suffering of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, remove the hardships of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the oppression from the Ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the hunger from the Ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, give food to those who don't have food to eat, Ya Allah. Allah, give shelter to those who are without shelter, Ya Allah. Allah, give clothing to those without clothing, Ya Allah. Allah, remove the oppression, Ya Allah. Hold back the hands of the oppressors, Ya Allah. Give them hidayat as well, Ya Allah. Allah, if hidayat is not decreed for them, Ya Allah, wipe them out from the face of this earth, Ya Allah. Allah, bring such a punishment which becomes a lesson till Qiyamah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you guide us to your pleasure, Ya Allah. Allah, you save us from all the haram, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from the haram, Ya Allah. Save us from the, Ya Allah, slavery of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the slavery of nafs and shaitan has not brought us any good, Ya Allah. It only brought turmoil in our lives, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, it brought every kind of difficulty for us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, it turned our hearts upside down, Ya Allah. It filled our hearts with turmoil, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all the sukoon and tranquility has been destroyed, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you save us from the, Ya Allah, from the slavery of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you make us your obedient and true slaves, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you make us your slaves, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you become ours and make us yours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you become ours and make us yours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you become ours and make us yours, Ya Allah. Allah, we have come to beg you for you, Ya Allah. Allah, we have come to beg you for you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you grant us your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your love, Ya Allah. Allah, fill our hearts with your love, Ya Allah. Allah, make your, heart, your love dominant in our heart over everything, Ya Allah. Grant us the love of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Grant us the love of his Mubarak way of life. Allah, grant us the love to, Ya Allah, make amal on the sunnah, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us the love of the Quran Sharif, Ya Allah. Give us the topic of making tilawah daily, Ya Allah. Allah, give us the sweetness of salah, Ya Allah. Give us the ecstasy of zikr and dua, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, 
ya Allah, save us from all the haram, ya Allah. Save us from every intoxicant, ya Allah. Allah save us from every grain and every drop of haram, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Allah, you give us a tawfiq of remembering you all the time, ya Allah. Allah, save us from ghaflat, ya Allah. Allah, save us from ghaflat, ya Allah. Allah, give us the state of zikr, ya Allah. Make our hearts conscious of you all the time, ya Allah. That you are forever watching, ya Allah. Allah, make us conscious of this, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Allah, all those who are sick, give them shifaya kamila, adila, mustamirra, daima. Allah, remove every taste of their illness, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who are in any difficulties and hardships, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Allah, those who are in anxieties, depression, worries, remove it, Ya Allah. Run happiness in their hearts, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who have passed away, fill their covers with nur, Ya Allah. Give them the high stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen at the time of our death. Ya Allah, take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, take us on iman kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Allah, take us at a time that you are pleased with us and you, we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from death in a condition of sin, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from death in a place of sin, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from death, Ya Allah, in a way that, Ya Allah, you are displeased with us, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us, Ya Allah, make our covers gardens of noor for us, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from the adab of the cover, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah, give us the water of kawsar from his mubarak hand, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah, make him happy to see us on that day, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah, give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from the fire of Jahannam, Ya Allah. Give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah, accept all the ibadah that is performed in this month, Ya Allah. Allah, nothing is worthy of presenting to you, Ya Allah. Out of your grace, accept it, Ya Allah. And accept the ibadah in the haramain sharifain, Ya Allah. Accept the du'as of the haramain sharifain, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. All the effort of deen that is taking place, accept it, Ya Allah. Make it a means of hidayat, Ya Allah. Make it a means of earning your pleasure, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, make it a means of khair spreading throughout the earth, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who ask us to make dua for them, grant them the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Remove all their difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, fulfill all their pious aspirations, Ya Allah. And all those who have raised their hands to this dua, Ya Allah, you don't know of each one's cry, Ya Allah. You know each one's heart, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant the best of dunya and akhirat to each one, Ya Allah. Remove each one's worries, anxieties, depressions, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant all the needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all the good that Rasulullah Sallallahu begged for. Ya Allah, we also begging for all that good. Whatever Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi sought refuge from, Ya Allah, you give us refuge as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balagh wa la hawla wa la quwata illa بالله العلي العظيم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه المعين والحمد لله رب العالمين